I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 14 from Quarantine. <laughs> how, you, how you doing, Joel? Um, I'm doing. <laughs> we are really, I'm telling you right now that in some alternative universe, when we eventually go into the studio, it's going to take us a couple weeks to readjust because I feel as though the floor of this closet has become my home. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. I forget that we like did it another way. I forget that we used to do these podcasts seeing each other. Like I'm almost thinking that when we come back, either the content will be significantly better or like significantly worse because we've gotten so used to it like this, you know? I feel like I've never seen you before. Like I I honestly think I'm catfishing you. I forget what you look like. Do you? I'll send you a picture. Okay. Before we start, what did you just generally like top level thoughts? What did you think about this episode? Fucking loved it. Right? I thought it was perfect. I thought, you know, we started the season really strong, but then very soon we went from strong to intense and it was overwhelming, honestly, some of the fighting. And then we went to the little bit, the other end of the spectrum, which was just stupid. And here I felt like I wasn't, I didn't go through this emotional roller coaster while watching it, but it was such good behind the scenes. It was so interesting. The Chloe and Tristan stuff, fascinating. I feel like I went on a little bit of emotional roller coaster this episode just because of like the birthday stuff and, and Kim scenes, but like it wasn't, it wasn't like frustration. I was like happy to be emotional about it. Right. Exactly. Like I don't need to be, you know, I understand that that fight took a lot out of Courtney. She had to take a week and a half off filming. It took a lot out of all of us too. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot. So, but anyway, I, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised, I guess I'll say. Me too. Me too. So let's start out opening scene. It's Kendall's 24th birthday. It's the Halloween birthday. And what they've been doing a lot, as you've seen in this season, is they put corresponding home videos from when they were kids with whatever's going on. So they put like old videos from Halloween past, which I love that little touch. Don't you? Don't you wish you had that job to go through the home videos and decide which one matches up? Yeah. Yeah. Like whoever's doing that has every single Kardashian home video at their disposal. And they're doing a great job, I must say. Oh my God, incredible. So we start out with Courtney and her confessional, which, 
you guys remember, we haven't seen her on the scene last week. She was taking a little bit of a break after that whole situation. So she said, recently I took some time off of filming and now I'm filming maybe two days a week because I don't want to be in a toxic environment. I just feel so much better giving my focus and my attention to my kids and to Poosh and to things I'm excited about. In our family, there's so many birthdays right around Halloween. So we have a lot of reasons to dress up, have fun, celebrate. Just to run everybody through the birthdays, Kim is October 21st. She's obviously a Libra. Caitlin is October 28th, Scorpio. Kendall's November 3rd, Scorpio. Chris is November 5th, Scorpio. And Corey and Dream are both November 10th, Scorpios. So there is a lot of Scorpios in this family. A lot of Scorpios for a family. Yeah, really. I mean, you'd be right at home, Julie. Yeah, I mean, Kendall and Chris have the same thing that me and my mom have. Yeah. It's We're so- kind of like a foursome. Like, it's yeah. November 2nd, me, Kendall November 3rd, my mom November 4th, Chris November 5th. Yeah, I love it. It's like a little crew. So we're at Kendall's birthday, and all of the staff for the party are in Kendall's Met Gala outfit. And Kendall's saying that she had no idea about any of it because Kylie planned the whole thing. And Which, once she said that, doesn't it make so much sense that Kylie was the one who planned it all? Yeah, so much sense. You know what I loved about this episode is that you got to see each of their individual planning abilities like display themselves. Yeah, so true. Also, we see Rob for the first time in a while, and I thought he looked great, to be honest. No, Rob, Rob, we got two Rob appearances in an episode. And one of them was at his house, aka Chris's old house. That was, that's a rarity. It's a big rarity. I mean, even just the fact that he was willing, because last week we saw him willing to be on FaceTime and this week we see him, you know, willing to be on camera. That's a huge deal. Huge. I could not believe it. Yeah. Remember what a big deal it was that he was at Kendall's birthday and that there were pictures of him? I remember when those paparazzi pictures came out, it was, it was a, it was like, you know, a thing. Yeah. It was like, people couldn't believe that he was actually like there and allowing people to take pictures of him. Yeah. Also, Kim's wedding, you know what I mean? Well, this has been, I was actually thinking about that yesterday for some reason. It's really been, you know, I think that we're slowly starting to see his reemergence and I'm really curious to see how that evolves because take everything else aside. Like we know he initially kind of went into hiding because he was, he felt ashamed or embarrassed about his weight. Right. Right. So, you know, in, in the process of, let's say, losing your weight or, or whatever happens and, you know, hopefully dealing with some of his emotional um, issues that he was battling, you know, that I'm sure will contribute to wanting to be more into society. But aside from that, like just staying home, no matter what's going on, when you come out, it's still a little bit scary, no matter what you were in, no matter what the reason you were there for, you know, it's such an adjustment. So I'm just curious to see how that goes. Yeah. And I think that also the thing with Rob is that, there's everything going on with Black China and everything that he did with Black China. And I think that part of him not reemerging so quickly is that he's trying to test the waters. Like he doesn't really know the way the public's reacting to him yet. Right. He's been, because the only thing, you know, what happens when you go into hiding like that is when you have an outburst or something, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because no one's seeing the good things. They're seeing nothing or just the drama. So like we saw nothing from him except for the revenge porn, which obviously right. was disgusting and, and, you know, something the public really viewed him negatively for. Right. And now he's, I think now he has to test the waters of what his public perception is up to recent. Yeah. Also, you know, everybody was there. We saw Simon, Jaden, Harry Hudson, Jen. I love when they put their names on the screen. Like, I could pick Jen Atkin out. I I can know her any day of the week. You don't need to give these, us these names, but I appreciate I know. it. It's for the beginners, though. 
I know, but I'm like, come on. If you're watching season 18 or season 17 of Keep Going with Kardashians and you don't know who Jen Atkin is, you got another thing coming for you. You know who they do it for? You know who they do it for? It's so that when you're at home and you're watching with somebody that doesn't watch and they're like, who's that? You don't have to answer them. It just comes right up on the screen. That's so true. It's for everybody watching with their dads when their dads yeah. just happen to come in the room. Name yeah. tags are for quarantine watching. Yes. Yes, Julie. <laughs> okay, so first real scene, we're at the Skims photo shoot. And Kim is doing her shoot with Allison Statter, who, as you guys know, is Kim's best, best, best friend from childhood. And by the way, Allison really hates to be on camera. She hates any sort of publicity. So I remember it was a really big deal when this Skims ad came out and she was in it. And I think it was an even bigger deal that she was willing to be so heavily on the show. Yes. So I know most of you know this, but just to refresh the memory, Allison's mom is Chris's best friend, Shelly Azoff, and her dad is Irving Azoff. And he right now is the chairman and CEO of Azoff MSG Entertainment, which is a venture with Madison Square Garden. But previously, he was chairman and CEO of Ticketmaster, executive chairman of Live Nation. And in 2012, he was named the Billboard's Power 100 most powerful person in the music industry. So he, this guy, like she comes from a very affluent and um, well-respected background, right? Uh, her, her dad is a very powerful person in the music industry. Yeah. Which is why it's so funny because in this scene, Kim is going through all of, like telling her all of her plans for her mom's birthday and what she's going to do for Chris and going to the old house. And when she's done describing all of it, Allison's like, thank God you're rich. And everyone, me and Isabel text each other because we were cracking up because like most people don't know you know, Allison Satter to like know why like that that's so funny, but also know that the background that she comes from makes her somewhat equal to Kim in that yeah. regard. It's so true. I mean, so Kim is, you know, it's Chris's birthday and they always like to do something special for her. And it's not technically a milestone birthday, but I think at any age when it's your parents, any age is a milestone birthday because they're just <laughs> so happy they're alive. <laughs> Um, and you know, Kim is telling Allison, she's like, I found the owner of the house that we grew up in. I'm going to rent the house out for the day. And Kim says in her, in her confessional, she's like, my mom has to be the most sentimental person on the planet. So about 10 months before my mom's birthday, I started to think, what would be my mom's dream birthday? And the only thing that came to my mind was the house we grew up in. It just meant the world to her. So we're going to have La Scala cater it, which was my parents' favorite restaurant. And then we're going to rent out all of our old cars that we had from our childhood. And they always had really fun license plates. And I'm going to have them all made up as exact replicas and put them on the exact cars. All of us are so busy and have such crazy lives. So it's fun to just take that minute to celebrate each other when we can. I mean, I can't. But this is what I'm saying. Like, this is why I love this episode, because everyone's individual, like, party planning and gift giving, like, really came to light. Like, Kylie throwing that party for Kendall was so Kylie. Kim was the only person, I think, that would be able to pull off something so extravagant, but so sentimental at the same time. Yeah. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby. Or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. 
Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. So next scene, we're at Chloe's fertility appointment and she's checking to see how many eggs they'll be able to harvest this month. She's aiming for 10 to 15 follicles without hormones because basically the guy's saying to her, you know, when all we're doing when we give you hormones is to get them to grow. And she explains, you know, in her confessional that she's starting the process of freezing her eggs and she realized there was nothing wrong with having an insurance policy, et cetera. And, you know, as he's explaining it to her, it seems like her body is responding relatively well, right? Right. Yeah. That's the vibe that, that I was getting from that doctor's appointment. She said in her confession, she goes, I might be able to freeze 25 eggs. That doesn't mean any of them are healthy. The only way of having the knowledge, if you have a strong embryo, is if you mix egg and sperm together. And if you're going to go through the process, you want to go through it with the best guarantee that it's going to be success at the end of the day. What if you're 40 and you want to grow your, thaw your eggs, create embryos, and they tell you uh, all your eggs are bad. And you're like, I'm 40. Can I even make embryos at this point? It's like a tug of war. I don't really know what to do. Uh, this is just, listen, I know neither of us are trying to get pregnant right now, but even when she talks about it, it's so- Speak for yourself. What? <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, but doesn't it like make you, it's, I don't know, there's a, there's this feeling that men will just never understand about the ticking of a biological clock. That yeah, of course. It's so like, there's some part of it that is so anxiety inducing, even when fertility is not the first thing on your mind. I have to tell you though, weirdly this scene- like I felt very calm about the process of, of freezing your eggs. Like I felt very educated after watching this. Yeah, he really went into detail. Yeah, he went into detail. He really calmed her. She seemed calm. It was like a very educational and calming experience for me. Yeah, she, interesting that she didn't bring anyone, right? Yeah, I've, I've never seen them go to a doctor's appointment alone. Right. I was thinking the same exact thing. Did you see she was in the Kim is my lawyer sweatshirt? I want that sweatshirt. I love when they casually wear the merch. They wear, no one supports each other's merch more than they do. It's so true, but also- I have never seen Courtney not in a Yeezy sweatshirt ever. I know. It's because it's the best shit. It, it's unbelievable. It's even talentless, like always in talentless. Kylie is constantly in it. I know. Although really missed opportunity when she, those paparazzi shots of her that are now everywhere in that like $1,500 tie-dye sweatsuit, you know what I'm talking about? I know. That was, that was, a, that was a damn shame for talentless because that would have been everywhere. Yeah, you're so right. Although it wasn't like, it wasn't like, it was like Kylie Jenner steps out looking like not herself. So it's like, I think it's better to not have your family's brand on you when you step out like that. If that's going to be like the message of the picture. Maybe. So next scene, Kim and Chloe are on the set of Kim's Uber Eats commercial. This was with that Australian actress. I'm going to butcher her last name, Sharon Strzelczyk, which I remember when this came out, 
it was a huge, like the, I remember our Australian followers were going crazy. We have a lot of Australian followers. No, Julie, it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so crazy. I didn't realize it until one time I was talking about pasta with butter on, on the podcast and they were like, what? Yeah. And I was like, where are you guys from that you don't know pasta with butter? They're like, Australia. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> so Kim and Chloe are discussing Corey's birthday. And, you know, Chloe's saying they really need to figure out what they're going to do because they haven't gone all out yet for one of his birthdays and they want to do it. And she says, she's like, I think that if we do something for him, mom will feel so loved and included, but Corey will too. And she's like, you know, I want him to feel special because he does so much for us, but really more than anything, he does so much for our mom. And She's so happy to like, we want to make him happy, which I thought it was really nice that they were thinking about that. Really sweet. And, you know, they said we've in their confessional, they're like, we've never really celebrated Corey's birthday and we've all had different issues with him in the past, which, what are we talking about? The dinner between Corey, Courtney and Chloe, the Scott one with, um, where Corey thought of, thought about P remember that? Yeah. We've had, it's been a little bit bumpy, although not that bumpy. Like, I feel like the show likes to make it a little bit more dramatic than it is. Yeah, real in the scheme of things. I mean, in terms of how things could have gone, like, this is not a Tristan situation. Right. For your, I feel like for your mom to be dating someone like significantly younger than her and then incorporate them into the family, I feel like it could have been a much rockier relationship than it ended up being. Yeah. They, I, you know, I do think that they are accepting. Like I understand that it takes them a lot to get the walls down because it's such a tight unit. But I feel like if Chris Jenner, who is the most confidential, I think of all of them and who has the most kind of high, not high, I don't mean that in a bad way, but if she's letting someone in, then it kind of gives the rest of them the green light. Like, okay, this person's good people, you know? Yeah, of course. But I think also like as, as her children knowing what she just most recently went through with her past marriage, you, you're going to be a little on edge. Yeah, of course. Of course. So last year, you know, Chloe says that they were supposed to go to Napa because of the fires, but they couldn't go. So she thinks that that's like a really good place to take them, which I love a Napa suggestion. Love. Right? Love. And we later find out Corey's never even been to Napa. I know. I'm like, oh, Corey, welcome. <laughs> So the next scene, it's Chris's actual birthday. And this is the way that it went down. Chris, Kim had everyone meet at the Beverly Hills Hotel. There was only about 10 people. It was just family and Chris's closest friend. And they, you know, she had no idea what was going on. So she gets there and Kim gives everyone the invitations, which the invitations, which she had told Allison, are the exact wallpaper that were in the house that they had growing up. And I wanted to say, Julie, Yes. A couple of days ago for uh, for Courtney's birthday when Kim Instagrammed, Chris commented, oh my God, that wallpaper. Oh, that's and, so funny. Yeah. And, um, you know, Kim says, she's like, okay, guys, our lunch is not at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So open up your invite to see where we're going. Chris is crying. They open it up and she sees that they're going to her, their childhood house, which I was happy for her. But quite frankly, I couldn't focus on anything other than her fucking ring. That ring is, it's literally the size of her fist. No, it's the craziest thing ever. For a second, I was like, is that the ring that got, is it the Paris ring? It looks a lot like it. It's in the sense that it looks like it weighs 800 pounds and it's a giant diamond. I mean, how many carats is that? 13? I don't even know. A lot of fucking carats. A lot of carats. Listen, I'm not, there are very few things in the Kardashian orbit that really do that to me now because everything is so extravagant. So you know that when, when our breath is taken away by a diamond, it's a fucking massive diamond. I have to tell you in terms of like Kardashian extravagance, 
there are so many things that I've gotten used to with them. Like none of their outfits, none of their like shoes, their clothing, like it, bags, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Not that I don't love it. Like I obviously have like a visceral reaction. It just doesn't shock me anymore. But I find that there's something about a diamond that no matter what, no matter which one of them has it, no matter how big or like average it is, it always does something for me. Yeah. It will never, it will never get old seeing a giant rock on their hand. Yeah. And also because a lot of it's not really as much about taste. Like a diamond has to be really ugly to not like it. It's a diamond. It's one thing to, you know, dislike a Birkin with that has all this, you know, weird coloring on it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like what, how often are you not going to like a giant diamond? Unless it's like a pear shape, obviously. Right. <laughs> or I, don't hate, I don't hate pear shapes. Yeah. That's just me then. Yeah, that's a, that's just a you thing, I think. It's so, not just a me thing, but it's it's a specifically me thing. Yeah, but I mean, I think pear shaped is actually a common one these days. Oh yeah, definitely is. So the funniest thing is, you know, they open the invitation, they see that they're going to their childhood home, and Kim has to clarify. Speaking of Kardashian extravagant, she's like, "No, no, don't worry, guys. Like, I didn't buy the house; I just rented it for the day because her buying the house would be such a probable option." Right? Is that yeah. funny? Just to clarify that. Yeah. So they're having lunch on the tennis courts and they're taking a tour of the house. And, you know, her, one of uh, Chris's friends, Celeste, points out the wallpaper on the invitation. And that's when I think it really hit Chris, just how deeply sentimental Kim was going for this. Right. And, you know, they go out and they're in the old white Mercedes and they have the, the station wagons. And you just see Chris is so overly emotional. It's so special to see. It was really like one of my favorite moments on the show. It was also because we saw the pictures of it on Instagram when it happened. Right. So to be able to see it in the, the behind the scenes, I loved. Me too. It was, it was like a very, that's like one of the most special gifts that's been given. But that's the whole thing. Like, how do you top yourself after that? Every year though. How do they top the until they're great? so stressful in the Kardashian household. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like for Courtney's birthday or for Christmas, whatever, uh, Chris gets her the teacups from around the small worlds. Right. Like, what do you do next? You can't bring a fucking roller coaster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Kim's going to have to buy the house next year. Yeah, she's going to have to. There's not, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess they do things in waves. I guess you can be like Kanye and just buy stock. I right. Don't know. But Kanye, like, oh my God. The fact that Kanye has to top himself every year is like also crazy. It is crazy. It's, and he it's, does it's, it. It's unbelievable. And Kim says about this birthday party, she says the family that lives there is really private. And so, you know, they wouldn't, they didn't want any filming, but she just explains how she's like, nothing was touched. She's like, it was totally untouched. I went into my mom's closet and I just sat on the floor and cried. She's like, because that was exactly how it was growing up, which I could just imagine how emotional of an experience that must be. Oh my God. Yeah. Isabel texted. She's like, I was crying so much when Kim went into her closet and cried. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I was like, Why? so next scene Chris is in her confessional and she said my party was so beautiful my kids are super sweet the house brought back so many memories it was the best experience and you know Kim's just reflecting and I think they were really happy with the way that it turned out and you know next it's Kim Chloe and Chris and they're in the kitchen and Chris is trying to throw out some different birthday ideas for Corey so she's like you know I was thinking about going to Palm Springs and Kim and Chloe are actively thinking of reasons as to why they can't go. And like, this was so awkward, didn't you think? Well, the thing with them in this scene is that like, I didn't really understand why they couldn't have either A, come up with a better excuse or like seemed like they were like genuinely upset that they couldn't go. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like they didn't have to seem so disinterested. Like they could have been like, oh my God, fuck no. Like North has this. Like I have to do this with True. Like they could have made up better excuses and made it actually seem like they cared. Or said that they were going to Palm Springs and then just planned something else for them, you know? Right. Or like, yeah, like said yes. And then last minute said no. And then picked a different thing to do. I think that I, I kind of was like, listen, Chloe, Malika just pulled the shit with you with the pregnancy in Atlanta. Don't make this complicated for us. No, go compare. Maybe that's why she didn't want to say anything because she knew it would come out like Malika. I think she's scarred from that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you know what's funny is that they were, they were talking about it in the Patreon group and somebody said like, maybe she was doing that thing where you like tell somebody bad news so that when you like say something else, they're happy for you. And I'm like, but a pregnancy is a good thing. Why would she have to balance it out? No, I think they were saying that the Atlanta was a bad thing. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, why would you have to compare something bad with a pregnancy? It's already good news. I don't know. It's not like when I used to come home and I failed the test, I'd be like, by the way, I did this. Just kidding. I failed my test. Aren't you so happy that that's all it is? Right. right. (laughs) Pregnancy was already good. You didn't need to do something, say something bad so that she'd be happy for you. Listen, the the thought was there. It just, the execution was poor. But you know what? I'm sure she'll have more than one kid and, and she'll get it next time around. I hope so. So next scene, Kim, Courtney, and Chloe are doing their photo shoot for the perfume collab. And <laughs> this part was so funny. They're all lined up against the wall and the photographer is like, you know, height's a little bit of an issue. And Courtney's like, oh, I can take my heels off. And Chloe's like, you know, I don't think you're the problem. <laughs> and Kim is in her confessional and she's saying, you know, we haven't done something together in a long time. I'm really excited to work together. And I, lo- I personally loved watching them in action. Me too. It's nice to see. I love seeing... Listen, I love Kylie and Kendall just as much as the next guy, but there's something about Kim, Courtney, and Chloe, and I'm purposely not saying Rob because even in the earlier days, he just wasn't in that trio. That is very like, okay, these are the OGs. Yeah. You know? You feel it when they're together. So Kim's in the office and she gets a call from her attorneys, Jessica Jackson and Aaron Haney. And they're discussing the Rodney Reed case, which Kim explains to us. And basically, you know, she's still in law school. She's working with Cut 50 and- One of the cases she is repeatedly getting messages about is this Rodney Reed case. And he was convicted of murdering a young woman, but the evidence that was, you know, put in behind bars and is now in question, yet his execution is still scheduled for 30 days. And so she got the attorneys involved and she's on the phone with them and she's saying, you know, maybe there's a chance that we can talk to the governor, we can plead the case. And you can see she's really rattled over this whole situation, right? Right. Well, of course, naturally so. Yeah, we'll get into this more, you know, later on, but- I think, I think one of the things, like, obviously the criminal justice issue is something really close to our heart, but I think the broader theme is that Kim is really someone who values fairness. Yeah, that's and a that's a good that's a good way to put it. It is. I mean, well, it's like one of the biggest traits about being a Libra, but I also just think it's her personality and like this particular situation. In addition to the rest of the things going on in the criminal justice system, are just so like glaringly unfair. Right. And I think that Kim is also one of those people, and she talks about this a little, where, you know, if if people are constantly talking about the injustice of one specific thing, like that's how this all started in the first place, was the fact that that the store, Alice Johnson's story went so viral, and that's how Kim picked up on it. And I think that when something has a viral ability to it, I think she relates to that on like a very, very intense level. So whether it's her and the way she's gone viral in her career or the viability of like some injustice, I think that that's something that really connects with her and even more than an average case that she'd be working on. 
I totally agree. And she's explaining to Tracy, she's like, you know, they're asking for a 30 day extension of his execution so they can finish up the investigation. And, you know, the state won't test the DNA and she's just very frustrated. You can tell. Right. Like this is obviously something that she's taken a very personal stake in. And we've seen that so often with her, but I think this was one that stood out especially. And we saw that on our end of like, even before this episode aired of the, of the action that she was doing that we saw on social media and her stories and everything. Yeah. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So next scene is Dream's birthday. And as Julie writes, a second Rob appearance as I live and breathe. Julie, no, I mean, listen, it's one thing to get Rob, but it's a whole other thing to get Rob in the house that he's living in now, which is Chris's old house. And I still think it's a rumor and it's not true. Exactly. I know like we have, this has been confirmed to us that Rob is living in Chris's old house yet. I still don't believe it. And then when I see that black and white checkered home, checkered floor, I'm like, honey, we're home. There is something so comforting about being in that house again, though. You know, we've, I've missed it. I, yeah. Well, like, I feel like even more than the original ranch house, because the original ranch house to me like represents like the old Kardashians. There was like a nostalgia to it. But with this house, it was like that was when the peak of Kardashians was happening. It took place in that house. Oh, my God. I mean, first of all, so many of the most iconic scenes. And also, quite frankly, that's really where we got to know Kendall and Kylie. You know, right. that's them That's them growing up. That's the scenes when, when Chris was redoing Kylie's room without her being there. And she was so upset. Those were their formative years. And also, like, Kim and Kanye living there when North was first born. Yeah. Which, so I'm glad. I mean, listen, I, for Rob, I'm thrilled. Whoever it is, I'm glad that, that that house is still in their possession, I guess. You know what's funny that I still think about is the fact that we don't really know what the outside of that house looks like. Yeah, because you guys know that, right? That the one they use is apparently a fake. Yeah, it's, it's like most of the houses that they use that they show are not really what their houses are, except for like what they used to do. Now they obviously are. You can't fake Kim's house. You can't fake Chloe's house. But you know what's funny? When we saw the outside of Courtney's house on her birthday, I was like, you know what? I forgot that it looked like, I forgot there was so much ivy on your house. Julie, when I on her birthday parade a couple of days ago, that was my biggest takeaway. I think her her house like is is in my top. It is so gorgeous, it's so gorgeous. Well, that's what they do now is they only show like the outside back of the house so that it's not as recognizable. I think like if you notice when they show the aerial views, it's always the back of Courtney of Chloe's house. It's always the back of Kim's. Always the back of Courtney's. It's never like the aerial front view. But they yeah. used to do that with the old Chris house, but it wasn't the front of her actual house. Yeah, exactly. 
so, you know, the, Rob throws this party for Dream and you can tell that Chris is really happy. I think that any time that he does anything that's, um, like, I think one, she was happy that he was willing to be filmed. And I think she's just genuinely really proud of him just in general. Yeah, I think so too. I, this is going to sound bad and I don't mean it to sound bad and I know it's going to sound bad, but like, I think the bar is really low for him. You know, yeah. like he, he's getting praised for things that the, uh, the rest of them obviously wouldn't. Like it's expected that for any of the other ones that they would throw their kid like uh, at some birthday party at all. You know, not that this is anything so extravagant, but like I understand. I don't, I don't mean that in a judgmental way. Like, listen, I get it. He went through some really hard shit and even just the bare minimum can feel challenging. And so like the fact that he's doing that, I think she's really, Chris really wants to celebrate him. Does that make sense? I think the thing with Rob is I actually don't think the bar is set so low for him as a parent. I think that they're all really proud of him as a dad. And, you know, when they talk and they always talk about what a good daddy is and how devoted he is to dream. I think that them being proud of him is just like watching him genuinely just live his life and do things and do things that he didn't used to do. That's where the pride comes from. Yeah, totally. I was just using the example. The, the no, no, yeah, I so know thing as an example, but I completely agree with you. So, you know, you see a little bit of Corey and Chris's playfulness here because they have these pink troll wigs and they're putting them on each other and they're kind of just messing around. And I don't know, I, Julie, I I know I say it every single week. I am addicted to watching their dynamic. He's very sweet with her. He's, he is like, you want to know what Corey's like? Corey is like what every girl wants their boyfriend to be like. You know, when you have like a boyfriend who, who in person, like when you're alone is so cuddly and sweet. And then in front of everyone, he like, is so like hands off and doesn't want to be touchy, et cetera. Right. Like she's like, yeah, Corey's the opposite of that. And I love that. He's the kind of guy that if he's saying bye to you on the phone, he'll say, I love you, even though his friends are there. I get, understand that he's 40. So he would, but like, I'm talking if he was in high school. Right. <laughs> I remember I used to, up here. I, I remember being 17 and being like so pissed at Tom. I was like, we'd be hanging up and he'd be like, okay, bye. And I'm like, I love you. I love you. And he's like, I'm gonna stop it. And I'd be like, why? Why can't you say it? your friends can't know? <laughs> it's funny because you still like I know that. Like you talk about that so often still. <laughs> Cause I hate that. To me, I'm like, you can say I love you no matter what. I know. I know, kid. <laughs> That's a big thing for me. So Kim, Chloe, and Rob are in the other room and Rob's like, so are you guys going to Kylie's? And Chloe's like, for one, he's like, oh, Corey's surprise birthday dinner. And she's like, shut up. And he's like, no, Bible. Which by the way, when Rob says Bible, I really get thrown back. I am same. First of all, I haven't heard Bible in a while. They don't say it like they used to. You know what? Why? Like, why not? That was the best. That was, of all of the Kardashian phrases, I think that, people know and people use Bible was the most viral. Why, why do we never talk about the downfall or of Bible? Bring back Bible. Literally bring back Bible. Rob Let's, is here to bring back Bible. That's his role on the show now. Okay. We're, we're naming this episode, bring back Bible. Yeah. I already knew we were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob said, he's like, no, really? Like, you know, she, he, she said that only 10 people are going and they're going rolling, roller skating after. She's like, he's like, I'm obviously not going to that. And Chloe's like, are you joking? Kim's like, that's going to make it look like we're not trying to celebrate him on his birthday. And Chloe's like, it's going to make us look like assholes. And she's like, the thing is, we're going to go to Napa and surprise him. We're going to do this whole thing. So Chloe's in her confessional and she basically says like, I'm sure Corey hates us right now. We're not going to Palm Springs. We're not going to Kylie's dinner. She's like, but little does he know, you know, we're planning this entire trip to Napa. We've been coordinating with my mom's assistant and 
Napa's going to be perfect, but for the time being, he probably hates us, which again, like they kind of just dug their grave, which is fine because they were going to redeem themselves. It was probably just like an awkward 48 hours. But I don't understand why they weren't told about Kylie throwing this for him in the first place. You mean why they weren't invited? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think? I don't get why they weren't invited and I don't get why Napa means that they couldn't have thro- like been involved in his surprise birthday dinner. The two things have nothing to do with each other. You can celebrate his birthday twice. I know. I think that they were trying to make it even more of a thing. I, I don't really know. Can I tell you, if I was Corey, the way the Napa trip looks so far after the fact of like not doing anything for my birthday, it seems like you realized you fucked up and then planned the Napa trip. Yeah, I'm sure. Listen, the good news is they have this episode. So like they can always show him what was really going on behind the scenes. Right. But yeah. still, like, I just don't get why they weren't invited in the first place. Yeah, that was it was a little bit bizarre. Although I remember roller skating, don't you? Of course. Or like it was yesterday. Roller skating. (laughs) So next scene, we're at Kendall's house and it's Kendall, Chloe, and Courtney. And, you know, this was significant just because we got to see Courtney and Chloe's playful dynamic back a little, which was really nice to see, didn't you think? Yeah, I mean, no one overreacted. No one got overly sensitive. It was just like, you guys made fun of each other and then we moved on. Thank God. Yeah. And they're talking about the, you know, fertility process. And Chloe says, you know, she's been doing hormone injections for five days. The injection process hasn't been that bad, et cetera. And she said, she's like, you know, I do have a sperm donor. And Kendall's like, oh, can I see a picture? And Chloe's like, it's Tristan. And they're dying. They're like, oh, we thought you were going to a sperm bank. And Chloe says in her confessional, she's like, after my doctor's appointment, I talked to Tristan because if you can create embryos and do all the DNA testing, I do think that's a smarter choice. But it's weird because Tristan and I are not together. I don't know which way to go. And Chloe's saying to them, she's like, listen, you know, he has to sign legal paperwork that he would just be my ster- sperm donor. And she's Stop like, you know, you never know. We have to talk about that. Well, I mean, I have like... I am bursting at the scenes, wait, seems waiting to talk about that one line. You start. I just don't understand the dynamic of that happening. Like, I understand why she wants that. I understand what she's going for. I understand, you know, how easy it is to have a sperm donor. You don't have to look for them. You don't have to go through testing. You already know what you're getting, blah, 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 et cetera. What is, A, the realistic, like, of the op- of the situation that Tristan is going to be fine with just being the sperm donor, legal papers or not, that he's just going to be like, no, I don't want a relationship, anything, and B, how does it, how would it make sense, right, that you have a household where you have your daughter, True, who's growing up, having both parents in her life, going back and forth, co-parenting, and then you have other siblings who have the same DNA, same parents, same everything, but they have no relationship with the father that your sibling has a relationship, even though it's the same father? No, I have, I have things to say. I have things to say. Okay. I was really confused by this line because realistically, if... If it really happens where he really just don't does donate the sperm, it's his kid. Like in what world, in what world is he gonna be okay with 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 that with that situation? Like if they had no other kids, right? Like they everything happened, they didn't have kids, he cheated on her, he cheated on her again, they broke up, no kids involved. I can understand her and they still had a good relationship. Like I could understand her wanting his sperm, but having no relationship with him with his kids and whatever but when you already have one kid in the mix how does that even work out do you think that she was saying that 
like, I understand what she physically said, but do you think that what her point was, like, he wouldn't have any sort of guardian rights? I, I mean, even then, though, like, how did it still doesn't make sense to me? Yeah, I, 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 I like, imagine growing up with siblings. You know that you have the same two parents who have the exact same everything, but only one of them gets to have a relationship with the dad. It's like weird to the kid. It's not even just weird to Tristan. Is that the thing? The reason that I guess I was like this line kind of threw me, but I also was not totally you know, uh, jarred by it because I, there's just no world in which that happens. Like Chloe can talk a big game now, but realistically, if she is using Tristan as her sperm donor, whether or not they're together, he's going to, he's that kid's dad. And I think she would treat him like that. Right. Which is why it just surprised me that she even said it. And you know, what also was like the big takeaway from this, of this for me, it was like, I find it surprising how much power Chloe thinks she has over Tristan's decision-making. But is it how much she thinks she has or how much she does have? I think it's based on history, how much she thinks she has. I think what she's trying, I think what she's taking advantage of, and I don't mean that, I don't mean taking advantage negatively of the fact that we see Tristan is kind of willing to do whatever. And she says that later on, that he's down for anything kind of. He does. He does seem like he's down for anything, but that's when there's no logistics involved. Yeah. Like, think about the facts. Think about, like, the one example of that is him coming home to surprise them without telling her. Yeah. Like, that is the prime example of, like, you do not have as much power over the situation as you think you do in terms of Chloe. Like, the fact that he's just coming home, surprising them, not giving Chloe a heads up, not considering what she's doing, not thinking that she could possibly be with somebody else, just shows that, like, he still feels that he can do whatever he wants in this situation. Right. I think she's just talking about it though, is what I'm saying. No, I know what you mean. I just think that it was surprising that she would even consider that as a logistical option. It's really, it's, yeah. I, I, it's confusing, right? Also, because I feel like he's like, okay, come on. I'm going to just give you my sperm. Like, it's going to happen. He's agreeing to, and he's like, I'll do whatever, knowing that like, there's no way that that would just logistically ever happen. No, but I'm saying, forgetting about the, whether or not he signs a paper to just legally be the sperm donor and not have any involvement. Cause like that, I just don't see a world in which that's, that's happening. I'm saying he's also probably like, yeah, I'll donate you my sperm, but wouldn't you want me to just fucking give it to you myself? <laughs> that's probably what he thinks. You that's know? exactly it. When they're FaceTiming that last scene, which we'll get into, and you could, he's like, yeah, I'll just come over, come over during the summer. Yeah. She's nice like, little quick. off in a cup. He's like, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if he fully realizes that it's literally him and a cup in his hand. Like, I think he's thinking like, you know, already fantasizing about the sex that they're going to have to impregnate her. And, and that's just not, not the case. The way I picture it is that like, he comes to Chloe and Chloe's like, okay, you ready to go to the doctor? And he's like, what? And yeah. she's like, you have to donate your sperm. And he was like, whoa, 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 not that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I see it going down. Yeah. <laughs> and she says when she's talking to, you know, Kendall and Courtney, she's like, you know, what if in three years I get married to someone and I'm like, you know what? I don't want that. And Courtney's saying about her eggs, she's saying that hers are just eggs and she doesn't have a sperm donor. And, and Chloe's like, oh, we can find you one at the bank, <laughs> which obviously got my mind going as to Scott. You know what's crazy, though? Like, even with legal paperwork, if you're a Kardashian sperm donor, 
Like, let's just say they did go to a sperm bank. You're a Kardashian sperm donor. You find out like, how are you not going to want to try and use that relationship for all it's worth? Right. Like you can never trust someone in that situation. I feel like. But I was thinking when Courtney was saying that, I know they were obviously kidding. I, I kind of made the decision that unless Courtney is with someone again, like unless she gets into a serious relationship with someone that she wants to have a child with, I think if she wanted to have another kid, she would ask God for his sperm and I think he would give it. Yeah, and I, he would be an involved parent in that kid's life and wouldn't sign paperwork saying that he legally won't be its guardian. No, but I'm saying that I, I just decided in that moment that's how it would go down unless she was seriously dating someone. I felt like we decided that so long ago, no? Uh, I don't know. I personally decided that my own last night. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I think our discussion was like, would Sophia be okay with that? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah, as long as it was a doctor's appointment and not a Tristan sperm donation. Right, but like Scott knows very well he's not fucking corny. He's jerking right. off the top. And Scott's That's probably right. like having time of his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know Scott. <laughs> Scott's probably like such a fun masturbator. <laughs> like, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but I feel like he really just sets up shop. He has his, you know, he has his normal of what he does and... I, I just see him having a really good time with it. Don't you? I'm literally dying. Yes, I do. I just had a vision of Scott Disick wearing virtual reality goggles to jerk oh, off. That's so accurate. I can't even explain it. That's I mean, so like, accurate. And I mean, it's like his pride and joy. Like he's showing all of his friends his new jerk off goggles. Makes that he can find them one day. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next scene, Kim is shooting her commercial for the Facebook portal. This was the one that she did with A-Rod and J-Lo. And I mean, I saw this commercial everywhere. So to see it, to see the behind the scenes, I just, I loved that. Did you? Yeah. Also, when she's like, Alex, I'm like, who's Alex? And then I realized what the commercial was. And I was like, oh my God, that is so funny. It's just funny seeing the stagehand reading, you know, the lines to her. Like, yeah, I, I, it's so funny. It's so funny. I love the behind the scenes. That's that's such a unique the thing about Kardashians that's so unique is that when they give us behind the scenes, it's not just things that we saw in their own lives. Like it's not just, you know, Kendall's birthday party. You're seeing things that we saw on a massive media scale. Right. Like you can be a random person in Iowa watching that commercial, not knowing anything about the Kardashians, and you would probably still think it's cool to see the behind the scenes. Totally. And they have so many of those moments. Like I think that like the biggest example of that is when they get ready for the Met Gala. Like the Met Gala is the biggest night. So to be able, even though it's just there behind the scenes that we're seeing, to know so much about what's going on and so much about the little details that go into it and where they were going and, and the red carpet and what time they had to be there and how they got there. Like it just, that's what you're getting with every celebrity. You're just hearing it from their point of view. It's like the Ariana Grande music video, all of those things. Totally, exactly. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. 
which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So Kim walks off set for a second and she's on the phone with her lawyers and they conference in Rodney Reed's lawyer and Rodney. And I think it was really unique to hear Kim speaking to this man because he is you know, going to be executed in 30 days for a crime that he you know, claims he never committed. And it's very, I think, emotional and intense. And, you know, Kim says to him, she's like, I read so many different stories and yours just really jumped out of my heart. And I just want you to know that I'm using all the contacts I have to try and make a difference and to really help you and your family out of this nightmare. And she says in her confessional, she's like, you know, because his execution is coming up so soon, I think it's really important for me to share with him our game plan of what's going on. We can get a ton of support from both the left and the right. That's ideal. And I'll do everything in my power that I can to get his name out there and his message out there in order to help him make that happen. And Kim says to him, she's like, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so sorry for everything that you've gone through. And I hope that we can really get through to some people because you really deserve it. And if there's anything you need from me, anything you need at all. And Rodney says that he'd love to meet her if there's a chance, you know, that she's an opening in her schedule. And she says she'd love to as well. And she'll open the schedule. She's like, it's the least I can do. And this one was just different than anyone else we had ever seen. I mean, this is the man that is, if, if all things go as planned, he will be losing his life in 30 days. It's, it's really right. deep stuff. It's, it's not a joke, you know? And I think it's such uncharted territory for her. And it's one of those, it, this was one of those moments where you kind of realize, you know, Kim's power in this situation. Not just the fact that she like has all these connections and she's able to call and, and do everything she can to stop this, but also in the sense that like, this is kind of something you can't teach. Like you can't teach someone to have a human emotional connection and to do something like this and and be able to react to a person and and understand and help them. Like, I think that's just the skill that you're born with. And I think that this came out so much in Kim's interaction with him. Well, that's the whole thing. Like she just, okay, this is like such an important distinction. It doesn't mean that you're a more caring person or a better person. It just means that you are a more effective communicator. So for example, I know the criminal justice system thing isn't something that, you know, Courtney's super passionate about. Like it's just not her thing, but she's a human being. I'm sure this story would do the same thing to her, but there's no way she would have been able to have that conversation with him and come across as like graceful and compassionate as Kim did, even if she felt the exact same way, you know? Yeah, I just, I think that there's a very specific skill in being able to deal with a situation as difficult as this. And, you know, Kim even says it in in one of the later scenes where she's like, I don't, what am I supposed to say to him? Like, as if everything's, you know, we're going down to meet him and in, in a couple of days he's being set to be executed and I don't know how I'm supposed to like speak to him. And, you know, her lawyers are kind of just like, you know, you'll say, you'll be comforting, whatever. And 
it's one of those things where she kind of questions herself for a second, but as she's speaking to him on the phone in this scene, you're like, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Like this is an innate ability for you. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. It was also, I think it was kind of humbling for her. It's like you realize how, how, yes, she's Kim Kardashian and yes, she's making as many changes as she can. But at the end of the day, like this, this whole situation is just so much bigger than any of us, you know? Yeah, exactly. So the next scene is Kim, Courtney, and Chloe, and they're on the plane for Corey's birthday trip. And we hear Courtney in her confessional. She says, she's like, I'm not going to lie and say that I have no anxiety or no weird feelings about getting on this trip, but I love to travel and spend time with my sisters and my mom. So I hope everybody will have a good vibe. Life is too short. Which, by the way, Did I was happy was to necessary too. Yes, it was too completely unnecessary, but whatever. She was there. And you know something? I would have been absolutely floored if there was any drama. Right. I, yeah, me too. There was no way. They weren't going to let that happen. Yeah, I so agree. And so Chloe and Kim say that, you know, they had to get Matthew, who is Kim, Chris's assistant, in on the whole thing. And they had to, you know, find a time that worked for them to go to Napa. They had to have him pack all of her stuff. And so they have to find a way to get them to the plane. So Kim, this is, a, this this is, is so good. This is so no, good. Julie, this is exactly, it's exactly the same vibe when they're at the Beverly Hills Hotel and Kim's like, just, just so everybody knows, I didn't buy the house. This was even more for me for some reason. So Kim calls Chris and she's like, you know, Kanye called me and for Christmas, he wants to see these planes that he wants to buy. I think for a Christmas present for me and I just really want you guys to see them. So Chris is like, okay, I mean, if we can come now, if it's only a couple minutes and she's like, you know, we'll be there in a half an hour. And like, you realize what just the happened. The of her calling Chris to be like, I think Kanye's buying me a plane for Christmas and I just want you to come check it out. Is like, it will never not floor me. Ever. And it's so casual. I know. And, and what we were saying before about like their things, like they don't really catch us off guard anymore. This caught me off guard. This, I was like, oh my God, that's too casual. It's too casual. Of a sentence. It's too casual of an excuse for you to use for her to buy. And it's not even real. It's like a last minute thing. Like think about how many times you need like a last minute excuse and you make something up and like you imagine your last minute excuse is like, oh, my husband wants to buy me a plane um, for Christmas. So just, you know, can you just stop by? What? I can't. I can't even imagine. So anyway, Corey and Chris get there and they get on the plane. They're surprised. There's all the Cowboys colors. I mean, I think that Chris was so, so, so happy. Yeah, I think so too. I think Corey was definitely touched, but I think this meant so, so much to Chris. Well, understandably so. There, Listen, it makes it even more special because it's her kids. And of course, you want your kids to have a good relationship with your significant other. But I think just in general, when you're dating someone and people in your life embrace that person, there's just something really special about it. Totally. I, yeah. And, you know, so she, she gets there, she's on the plane and she's like, oh my God, I have nothing to wear. And Chloe's like, no, Matthew packed for you. And she's like, he packed my bags. And Kim's like, what's new from any other day? He packs everything for you. <laughs> I just can't imagine like Chris Jenner's fucking assistant. I know. It's, and Kim's like, don't worry, we helped. We helped. <laughs> yeah. So they arrive in Napa and Chris says to Corey, she's like, you know, it's kind of fantastic that the girls pulled this off and the fact that they did it for you, it really makes me feel good. And Corey's like, I'm thankful for them either way. And they're at the vineyard, they're on the gondola. And I just, you know, Julie, like I said it before, I really appreciate a Kim, Courtney, Chloe rendezvous with Chris and Corey. I sometimes just like when it's the OGs. I do too. It makes me feel really safe. Yeah, it, it, like they needed this trip. 
it, it, like when the three of them are together, it reminds me why the show exists. Yep, exactly. And, you know, they say in their confessional, they're like, listen, we're here for two days. And so our first stop is wine tasting. And this is the best. They're in the but gondola. This is me and you, by the way. Yeah, they're in the gondola. And Chloe's like, oh my God, this chairlift. I'm normally, I hate chairlifts. I'm normally praying the whole time. I close my eyes. And Kim's like, really? I just take selfies. <laughs> that was us. I fucking hate those things. That was and literally. You obviously would be taking selfies. Yeah. And they bring, this was so good. So they bring a bottle of wine over and they're like, this is our, our Emmy award winning bottle. They pour this at the Emmys and Kim's like, oh, we'll try it next year when we're nominated. <laughs> and I love this because they were in that mood when they're just super playful with everyone around them. So they're complimenting everyone. And Chloe kind of said, she's like, okay, what our thing is, everybody's going to get up and compliment a random person. And they're going around this, you know, wine tasting venue, just complimenting random tables you can see everybody is freaking out that they're there but it was also weirdly very casual you know how i felt about this is like i compared it to you know that like very specific high that you have when you think that like every single person that you're around is just like a little pawn in your game yeah like everybody is just at your disposal disposal for you to use however you want in your little like high game that's how they were that's exactly that was that is so well put julie like that one time that I was at Trader Joe's and I was so high and I was talking to the guy who I was like, you're like the grand marshal of Trader Joe's because he was telling them like what line to get into. And I was like, do you ever race them? And he was like, can you leave me alone? I was like, you are just a little pawn in my game. You are, that's, that, is, that was us at the, at the um, sushi restaurant when we were sitting in the corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we had like we had full scenarios for everybody going on. And you guys, Isabel, can, we're, we're sitting there. We are literally so stoned, like, like to the point where we had no business being in public. And Isabel is like, guys, guys, I think, I think Ron, what would you do? Like, no, no, remember Isabel did not, Isabel meant to say, I think, Ron, what would you do? But she thought she was like, she kept saying, she's like, I think, Ron, are you the one? And I'm like, why would we be on that? That never takes place in a restaurant. And I'm like, what show do you mean? Because I know it's not, are you the one? She's like, are you the one? You know, the one where they, they put you in scenarios and then you have to see what you would do. And I was like, do you mean, what would you do? <laughs> yeah, she fully thought John Quintana was about to pop out. <laughs> Oh my God, I forgot about that. That was so funny. That was one of the highest I've ever been. Anyway, that's exactly what they were like. And, you know, they go, they're they're in the car after and Chloe's like, okay, what do you guys think? Do I take six and make them embryos? And they both say no. And Kim's like, okay, let's say you have 12. Probably out of them, seven are good. And Courtney's like, well, why would you have to make any embryos right now? And Chloe's like, you know, I would just like to know how many are strong. And I think they were just going back and forth and she was kind of using their input, but they're all a little bit drunk. And <laughs> I wanted them to really get into that conversation. I think, okay, can I ask you something though? Yeah. We know Courtney has experience with freezing her eggs. Do, does Kim? Um, I don't know if she has specific. Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if she froze her eggs, but she definitely has enough experience with fertility. I mean, she used two surrogates. Yeah. There was obviously some egg retrieval process, whether they were frozen after or not is is kind of irrelevant, I guess. Yeah. And I guess they've just never been in the, I don't know. It seemed like Chloe was more in it than either of them had been. I mean, Chloe's also in a very, very unique situation. Yeah. And Chloe says in her confessional, she's like, listen, Tristan will do whatever I want to do in regards to creating embryos versus just freezing eggs. And I don't know which one I want to do. I definitely would love in a perfect world to do both. But I don't know if I'm going to have that opportunity because right now I don't have an enormous amount of follicles. 
You know what Again. the difference is also is that what? like we've spoken so much about Courtney using Scott as a sperm donor for and freezing her eggs and doing that. But like those were all things that we put into Courtney's mouth. Like those were all ideas that we discussed, we spoke about, we fantasized about, we had the idea of like Courtney never once was like, I think I'm going to use Scott's sperm. Right. Right. But this is so different because Chloe is literally saying, like, I'm going to actually put myself in this situation, potentially, that we've been talking about Courtney doing for so long. Exactly. We were seeing it in action, a totally different situation, but in action. Right. And Kim says, she's like, I mean, what happens if you don't want the dad? And Chloe's like, he's the sperm donor. And Kim's like, well, if you know that that's what you want. Again, I would have loved that conversation to be more, but that's kind of all we got. Right. Like, I I want somebody to say to like somebody who's not us who can actually bring it up to her to be like, okay, but what do you do in the scenario where Tristan wants a relationship? Exactly, exactly, which we'll get into on the FaceTime. Anyway, in the meantime, Kim gets another call from her attorneys and they're just talking about going to visit him. And, you know, on their last phone call, that's what he said he really wanted. And she's just very committed to making it happen. And, you know, she said he's still scheduled to be executed in just a few days. I was able to get clearance to visit Rodney through my attorney. She's like, and I've never experienced anything like this where someone is days away from execution. She's like, I just want to make sure that I lend my support in any way that I can. Which again, you saw, she really, you know, there's, listen, this woman has been through a lot. She really knows how to handle most situations, but no matter who you are, going to visit someone on death row, it just, I think it just hits different, you know? Yeah, definitely. Of course. And they're at the next vineyard and Chloe's explaining how every time that they go to Napa, this is the winery that Kim, that Chris gets the most drunk. And you, you see already, I mean, Chris is just, I love a drunk Chris Jenner. Me too. There's nothing like it. That, that was my mom. Like in addition to all the other similarities, when I, t- that was my mom was like when she was drunk. I love watching Chris because it reminds me so much of my mom. I know that's what you said last night. And they're at now Corey's birthday dinner and you know, Chloe asked him what the highlight of his year was. And he says, I guess the highlight was just contributing to her happiness, pointing at Chris for the 365 days. That's Good Corey. Your fucking high school boyfriend is not saying that. Most people's boyfriends aren't saying that. That was so sweet. I know. He really is. I think he really has this like mindset, this almost like old school mindset of like, that's my queen kind of thing. Yeah, you know totally. I, mean? I don't mean- yeah, I know I'm a big Corey stand these days. We are big Corey stands. And Chloe says, she's like, you know, it made us happy to plan this trip for you. It was kind of low key, but it was something that we wanted to do. And you know, like he, when he says low key is the best, he means it. I think that that's his vibe. I don't, I don't know. I don't get the vibe that Corey is like a cloud chaser. I don't get the vibe, you know, yes, he likes the finer things in life for sure, but it's not like he was brought into this family and all of a sudden he's, uh, you know, opened up to all these perks. He has a job where he's in this world anyway. He does well for himself. It's not like Chris Jenner is taking him to experiences that he could have never had himself. It's just, we're seeing them now. That's the only difference. Of course. I never, ever got the vibe from Corey. And I think that's why I trust him so much. And I think that's why the family does too. Never got the vibe that he was a cloud chaser. And you can tell, like, there are certain things that people do when they're just in it for themselves. That, and Corey doesn't exhibit any of that. He stays so private. He really, like, when he's posting about things, it's really just about his experiences with Chris, not about, like, being in the family, not about being a part of it. Like, it, when somebody is a cloud chaser, you can just tell. When somebody's yeah. doing it to promote themselves, you can just tell. And Corey does not give off that vibe in the slightest. Yeah, exactly. So he says, like, okay, I just have one request. You guys have to groove with me. I'm going to play a song. Which, of course, I mean, Kim, that's Kim's worst nightmare. She's like, I fucking brought you to Napa and you're going to make me dance. Right. Like, we know that's the one thing she just will not do. 
and Chris gets up there. She's dancing. And then I was so shocked to see Kim getting up there and she was doing it. She wasn't going to deny the man his one birthday wish. I was really, really proud of her. Were you not? No, I was very proud. And Chris and Chloe are in the confessional with, I'm sorry, Chris and Chloe are in their confessional together. And Chris says, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for doing that for Corey and surprising him with the birthday. That means so much to him and it means a lot to me. And I, I felt like that's what Chloe wanted. Like she wanted to to hear out loud how much it meant to Chris. Yeah. I think that Chloe o- always has like a part of her personality that, and I don't mean this in a bad way. That's just like, is very approval seeking. Yeah, totally. A lot of that goes back to childhood stuff, you know? Of course, of course. So next scene, you know, Chloe's having the procedure done and the doctor says that on the last ultrasound, he saw four solid follicles, but they're going to be up to 10. And I think Chloe is feeling, in terms of the, forget the Tristan aspect for a second, in terms of just like the logistics of the fertility, I think she's feeling good. And she says, you know, after talking to my sisters, I've decided the eggs he does retrieve today, I'm going to freeze. And if I want, I can still dethaw them and put them with sperm, but I want to see how many eggs I have before I make that decision. Hopefully I can retrieve a bunch of eggs. Right now, Tristan and I, we're in this strange transitional period where we're figuring out boundaries. It's just not the right time, but who knows, maybe that could change one day. Right. We're all pretty standard. That's what we, you know what I mean? Well, we expected nothing new to report on there. Exactly. (laughs) So next scene, Kim's in Texas and she's on the phone with Chloe and she's telling her and telling us about the experience with Rodney. And she says, she's like, when we were in there, the warden knocked on the door and pulled his attorney out. And they told him the courts ruled that they would grant the motion of his stay of execution, which is like unheard of. So just to, for everybody to know what that means, Kim was literally with Rodney when that news was delivered to him. It's so crazy. It didn't have to go like that. She was only with him for what, an hour? Yeah, yeah. She wasn't with him for a while. Well, it's kind of the same thing as her being the one to tell Alice Johnson that she was getting out of prison. Yeah. Kim didn't even realize. And she says in her confessional, she's like, the courts have issued an indefinite stay of execution. They will then move the decision of what's going to happen with Rodney's case to the lower appeals court. And it'll either mean that they'll entirely throw out the case or they'll issue him a new trial. Either one is great news. Which like, could you fucking imagine being him in that moment? No, I can't. I mean, that's, uh, it's like an unimaginable thing to have to experience and go through and have that kind of news. So I, no, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine being Kim in that moment. So she's saying, you know, she's saying it was really emotional. She's like, I think it was the first time that he kind of just got quiet for a minute and took, you know, got a little teary. And on their way out there, they want McDonald's and they go through the McDonald's drive through. And I love Kim in this mode because she's typically so regimented when it comes to food, et cetera. But she has these real fuck it moments when she like gets a vanilla shake and then someone else orders a McFlurry. And she's like, you know, we should have gotten another McFlurry. Like it's it's like this thing comes over her where she's like, fuck it. And I love when that happens. I felt like this entire scene was Kim letting her personality loose for a minute. Yes, it was. They go through the drive-thru and she's like, oh, should I have gotten another Oreo? And the people in the drive-thru window are like, do you have somebody famous in the car? And she's like, Tell them they can see me if if um if they give us an or if they give us an Oreo McFlurry for free. So they give her the Oreo McFlurry and they roll down the window. And Kim is like so excited to have made these people's day, but she's being so like funny and calm. And I just feel like it was the result of her doing something so serious that she was able to let loose for a minute. 
Julie, I loved every second of this. Every single second of this. They like, freak the fuck out, those people at the drive-thru. Imagine you are working the fucking drive-thru at McDonald's and here you see this black Escalade pull up with these clearly security men. And then, it, you know, they could it could have rolled down and been anyone. And it's Kim motherfucking Kardashian. Right. Like, I was trying to think of that. Like, I, I thought it was funny that they assumed it was somebody famous in the first place. Well, you have to remember that they're in the middle of Texas. It's not like they're in LA where they see this all the time. They're in the middle of Texas and clearly they probably saw the cameras in the front. You know, they oh, Yeah, I guess because they saw the cameras. I, like in my in my mind, I was like, you're in the middle of Texas. Why would you have just assumed that it, like in LA, it makes more sense. Like even though it could yeah. technically be anybody, it makes more sense that somebody in a black Escalade with tinted windows would pros- probably be a celebrity. In the middle like, of Texas, how, like what <laughs> what grounds do you have to think that? But it's just like, what are the odds that the, for the two hours that Kim Kardashian is in Texas to get someone off of death row, she like is going through the McDonald's drive through It was just, I loved every single time. Did you say that sentence? No, Julie, I, I had, first of all, I had the, a plethora of emotions. First of all, I'm hysterically crying when she's telling Chloe about the Rodney Reed situation. I've just been super emotional this whole week. And then I go to being so excited for the people when she's in the McDonald's window. And I, then I was also just so happy for her that she's eating McDonald's and it was just, and then I wanted McDonald's. It was just a lot, you know? I wanted McDonald's too. I'm still too afraid. I'm too, still too afraid to go through drive throughs me too. Me and my really? mom were like, went to go get something the other day. And she was like, do we risk it for a Dunkin' drive through And I was like, no, I don't think we can. I know. That's when you fucking know that it's scary. Right. I've I, never met the Dunkin' drive through in my life. Oh my God. I've never met a McDonald's vanilla cone that I didn't like. And now I'm terrified of them. <sighs> I would do anything for McDonald's right now. And one of the women, by the way, the McDonald's woman, she's like, I fucking watch you all the time. <laughs> It was like us too. Watch her do. Yeah, it was so funny. So last scene, which actually I think was one of the best scenes. Best. We're at Chloe's house. Yeah, we're at Chloe's house and she's on FaceTime with Tristan and he's like, damn, you look good. And like every time he says these things, I'm just like, stop. Because I know I wouldn't mind if he said them if I knew that Chloe was strong enough. But I just don't think that she's there yet. And so it makes me feel like it's just hitting at her vulnerability. I feel the exact same way. Like, I don't want to, I'm really trying hard. Something that I'm working on in regards to my approach to Tristan is I want him to, I I don't want anyone to look past what happened, but I also don't want to like villainize him to the point where people forget that he's a human being because he really fucked up badly, but he's still the father of her child and he's still like a person, right? Like, yes, we all don't like him. So it's not like, you know, I think what we tend to do in these situations, not we, but people, it's like any little thing that they do, people have a problem with. So like, there's nothing wrong with him telling her that she looks good, technically. But considering the circumstance and the fact that you already know she's a little bit trying to have these boundaries and you know that she's not fully there, it triggers me for a second. So I'm like, can you just not, you know? I just, the reason it annoys me is because exactly that. Like, I just know that's the thing. I just know he's not receptive to the boundaries she puts up. Exactly. Exactly. So she's kind of updating him on the whole fertility situation. And she says, she's like, you know, I got a call from Dr. Wong. And what he said is that the first five eggs that matured naturally on their own, those he thinks have the greatest chance of survival and are probably the strongest. Not to say the others are not. She's like, but I'm thinking about doing a second round of egg retrieval, but this time making embryos. And Tristan said, he's like, I'm open to doing that. And I'm down for doing that. At the end of the day, I want to do whatever is going to make you feel comfortable, make you feel the safest and everything like that. That's what I'm on board with. And, you know, response. Yeah. 
Let's give credit where credit's due. That was perfect. That's exactly what he should have said. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what he should have said. And in her confessional, she said, you know, I have no idea what my future holds for Tristan and I, but I do think I will feel better knowing, okay, I have five embryos in a freezer. If I want to use them, I have them there. Hold on. Before we get into the rest of our conversation, was she prepping us for them getting back together? Well, I don't know if she was prepping us, but my question is, did not knowing what her future with Tristan holds mean in terms of more kids, in terms of sperm, or does that mean in terms of their actual relationship? Right. So my this, these were my things. Does it mean the fertility aspect? Did it mean, you know, I don't know what our future holds in the sense that like there could be a time when we're not talking or I don't know what the future holds. Like, yeah, there's a chance we get back together. All of the above, maybe. Probably all of the above. Right. And she says to him, she's like, I'm in such a blessed position. I just have to look at the positive. I'm grateful for it. It is an ideal that I have to go through all these hormones and stuff again, but I feel like I handled it well last time. And Tristan says, she's, he's like, well, if you're uncomfortable, you don't really show it. So I tip my hat to you. I'm all on board. However, I can help. When I come out in the summertime, we can do it. And <laughs> which, by the way, we I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we know what you mean, Tristan. Yeah, what do you think we we're doing there? We can do it, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you better get your phone and get into that fucking bathroom stall because that's the only thing you're doing. <laughs> Although, Julie, we're not going to sound like we probably are going to sound stupid because you know what? They there's a very I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I used to say hundred percent, they're not getting back. I don't feel that way anymore. I think there's totally a chance. I have to tell you, um, that if they do get back together, we are not the ones that are going to look stupid. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so Chloe says in her confessional, she's like, I'm a firm believer in whatever will be, will be. And you know, whatever God wants will happen. And they're FaceTiming and she's like, why are you taking pictures of me? You know, it tells me that you do that. And he's like, I did it on purpose. Smile. You look good. And she's so uncomfortable. Like, you can see she's turning her phone. She like, I don't know. They, I just, there's a real difference between being like just annoyed with someone and then like this flirtatious thing. And I can just see it in her eyes as much as she wants to be. She's just not over him. There is so much flirtation in that one moment. I couldn't even handle it. And I know this was in November, October or whatever. Like I, I recognize that, you know, where some months pass and things could change. But I'm telling you guys, just from watching that, there was, there was shit going on. I mean, months have passed and currently they're together quarantined. Do you think they're going to get back together, Julie? I don't know. You know what I said to you? And I said this the other day that if they stop being in the public eye, if the Kardashians cease to exist as a public entity tomorrow, that she would get back with him. Yeah, I totally agree. Just especially, especially if she's considering using his sperm again. I just, uh, see, but that's the thing is like, she's so back and forth with it in the point where like, if she wanted any chance of getting back together with him, I don't even think that she would put forth the explanation of like there being a legality to him, him donating his sperm. Say that one more time. You think like I what I mean to- is like, I don't think that there's in a scenario where she saw a future with him or where she saw that she could possibly get back together with him. She would have even put out the idea of there being a legality to his sperm donation where he would only be a sperm donor. Like, I think if she saw a possibility of them ever getting back together or or actually having a future, I don't even think she would have brought up that idea because that's very legally binding paperwork that if she were to go through with that, and obviously there's so many other like variables that go into that, but at the bare minimum of what that means is that like, if they were to get back together and he signed that legal paperwork and he didn't have, you know, legal rights to their, their children that like, if they were to get back together, what does that mean? Do those legal rights still exist? Do they go away? Like, I just don't think she would put that forth if there was apps, if there was an absolute even sliver of a chance of them getting back together. 
But she was just mentioning it. She didn't go through with that yet. No, no, I know it. I know, but I'm saying that like, I know she didn't go through with it, obviously. I'm saying that like, I don't even think that that idea would cross her mind of like legally making sure that he couldn't if they if there was no chance of them getting back together. Hmm. Interesting. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I don't know if I'm putting that much weight on it though. Like I think a lot of that was more of an assertion of her neutrality than what's what she's actually thinking. Again, not saying she wouldn't actually do that, but I think a lot of it was something to do like just to do it and just to say it because it makes it it makes it you know, if you say something enough times it becomes real kind of thing. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, who, who knows? I'm not saying she will, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think that's it, right? That was the last scene. That was the last scene. I can't wait for next week. I know. When they're, I mean, you know how deep I go with any sort of thing with Scott and his parents. I, I just, I can't. Even. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a really good one. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next week for our regular episode. We may have a surprise bonus episode next week. Don't hold me to it, but I'll let you know. And then, of course, next Friday for this one. We love you guys so, so, so much. And thank you for writing the reviews. It's so nice. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. So we'll see you next week. Bye.